Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All righty, so... What does woke mean to you? What does the word woke mean to you? We are going through this period where we go through. Oh, wait, the phone looks like the phone. That that phone line is working. Look at that. So, um, well, I, I shouldn't say it's working yet. Just because it rings doesn't ever mean it's actually working. It just means that sometimes the thing, the the line lights up on the software. Anyway, um, we are in this period now in the great debate about wokeism, uh, about whether or not anybody really knows what the word means. And this usually occurs <laughs> at some point in the debate, usually after people catch on to what the progressives are pushing. And then we start mocking them and using their language in a derisive fashion. I call it like when the word liberal became a slur, then they became progressives, right? They didn't like the term anymore. They're constantly changing the language because messaging. This is a common theme I hammer away at. And we are now at this stage in the debate about wokeism. And we have Bethany Mandel to thank for it. Sweet woman. Um, I follow her on Twitter and uh, she's a, she's a, like a very nice person from all indications, um, but she wrote a book and she was on uh, Rising is the name of the it's a YouTube show, and she's on oh it's a it's the Hill the the publication called the Hill they have a YouTube show called Rising, and on Tuesday March fourteenth so a week ago this very day. She says, my husband was working from home while my seven-year-old and nine-year-old children worked through their homeschool checklists. So right away, we know what? She's a homeschooler. She put my, she says, she, I put my newborn down for a nap. Well, so now we know she has at least three children as well. Checking all the boxes. Uh, Put my newborn down for a nap while I logged on for an appearance on The Hills YouTube show, Rising. Right before we went on the air, I heard one of the hosts speaking about parents in what I perceived to be a negative way. I panicked. I don't know what exactly was said by the hosts during the break, by the way. Um, I have heard it was... It was pretty nasty, so maybe I think she's just being nice here in in describing it like this, but I've heard other descriptions, but I don't know it to be the case, but other descriptions pegged it as a pretty nasty thing to say about parents. And over her career, she says, as a loud and proud, quote-unquote, breeder, (laughs) I have often felt attacked by the left, and I braced myself to be ambushed on air about my own life choices as a mother of six children. Oh, there you go. Six children. There you go. That's it. 
So that's her mindset. She's getting ready to join the program. She's listening to the banter back and forth off camera, off air, but the mics are hot so she can hear it in her earpiece or whatever, or she's zooming in on the on the computer. So she hears them, and she hears some pretty disparaging remarks about parents. And she, being a mother of six, stay-at-home mom or work-at-home mom, I don't because she also does, like, writing and that sort of thing. But she homeschools, right? And so this is her mindset as they bring her on to the program. Throughout the entire interview, I felt a panic attack growing. But I just tried to get through the duration of the appearance without an incident. As we talked, I was stammering and trying not to set traps for myself. I did not want to open up questions about my own personal life. And finally, I was left speechless at one question. This is, this is cringy, guys. I'm going to tell you right now. But here was the question. Americans consider themselves very liberal and probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when, when well, we talk about traditional... What does that mean to you? Right- could, could, would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times and I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is sort of the idea that... Um, <laughs> I... This is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to totally reimagine and redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, Sorry, it's it's hard to explain in a 15-second soundbite. Yeah, take your time. Take your time. (laughs) Yeah. She says in this piece at Newsweek.com, she says it was a fair question. After all, it's the centerpiece of my book's premise. But by that point, the panic attack had arrived and I was rendered speechless. Eventually, I sputtered out what I thought was a decent definition of the word. But by then, it was too late. Uh, She says, I knew the momentary brain freeze would go viral. And I was right. She literally said it. And she was correct. It went viral. The clip has been viewed millions of times, and a dozen articles have been written about the most humiliating seconds of my life, she says in this piece at Newsweek. She goes on and talks about how it uh, was, uh, you know, it was terrible. She began crying afterwards and um, and how she used it, though, as a, you know, an opportunity to talk to her kids, uh, her six kids, about uh, this experience and, you know, why they were <laughs> seeing mommy cry all the time over the next few days. Um, because it was brutal, right? That was a brutal segment to listen to. But here's the thing about wokeism, too, which is kind of ironic in all of this. Her lived personal experience should trump the empirical evidence. That's one of the tenets of wokeism. Yeah, it's one of the tenets. It's one, Yeah, your personal experience, your lived experience is more important than empirical evidence. That's why your story, your truth, as they call it, right? This is my truth. And my truth trumps data. My truth trumps all all other things. And so what I believe to be true is true. And you have to accept it because that's my truth. But we're not going to treat it like that. (laughs) No, this thing goes viral. 
And we then get a million voices of the left claiming that nobody on the right knows what woke means. They don't even know how to define it because look at her. She she got all tongue-tied. She had a panic attack. I've never had a panic attack. I don't know what they feel like. But, like, that's got to be awful where you literally can't formulate a sentence. I will say, when you are on air, if you're doing any kind of broadcasting or if you are uh, speaking publicly, I will admit, too, that um, being on air is different than speaking publicly. People get nervous being on air, but it's a little different because, I mean, I essentially sit in a room and talk to walls. You know, there's, <laughs> oh, I mean, yes, like right now we got some people in the studio, but for the most part, like I'm taking phone calls and stuff, but I'm not in front of a thousand people. And there's a different dynamic. When I get in front of an audience, no matter how big or small, if I'm standing in front of them and like, and they're looking at me for the first minute or two, I will get super nervous. It passes, but uh, I get super nervous. And before I lost all the weight, I would sweat a lot. In the first few minutes. But after a couple of minutes, it goes away, and then I hit my stride and all as well. But, you know, public speaking is a, is a huge fear for a great many people. And so when you are on air or in front of an audience, if you are broadcasting, you're delivering a speech or something, um, and you get that dead air, the um, like the walls close in, that feeling, and it builds. And it builds so fast and it clouds out every other thought that you can have in your brain. It is a paralyzing kind of feeling. It's not a panic attack in my case, but I wonder if that was part of what then spiraled for her, is that once, once you get hung up for a second or two, three seconds, now it starts turning four, five, that's an eternity in broadcast. And as that begins happening, you're like, oh my gosh, I am drowning. So... This then, of course, gets turned into attacks against everybody, every critic of wokeism, saying that they don't know what the term means because this one woman in one interview did not answer it well. Even though she wrote a whole book about it, she did not answer the question well. Toure, have you heard of this guy? He argued that conservatives complaining about wokeness are just doing nothing more than engaging in what? Racist dog whistling. That's right. We are going to go over the definition of woke. We're going to describe what it means so everybody has an understanding of what woke means. Because right now, we've been kicking around this word for a couple years, and all of a sudden, people on the left think that nobody on the right knows what it means. And if any of this sounds familiar, it should, because this is precisely the same pattern that played out with critical race theory, right? which is related to wokeism, but and I call it the high church of wokeism because like the principles are all intertwined. They're entangled here. So this is a, uh, it's a form of shut upery. That's the, uh, that's the, uh, the mechanism by which the left uh, attempts to end a debate. Uh, they, they hear what you have to say sometimes. And then they say, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, in response, I would just say, shut up. And then that's the end of the discussion. That's how that usually goes. And so when they say you don't know what the term means, what they're saying is you lack the credentials to discuss the topic at all. So shut up. Right. You don't know what you're talking about. For example, uh, woke is the Republican 
way to turn the word enlightened into a four-letter curse word. This is what people on the left believe. They believe that it is simply an, a, a way to call people racial slurs. It's a way to turn, because uh, they think wokeism is enlightenment, which is funny. It's like the exact opposite. But let's start, before we get to Toure, who called it a dog whistle, let's, let's go back to the first time the phrase stay woke was ever really used in any kind of uh, mass media kind of a way. There was a, uh, there was a singer, songwriter, Lead Belly. His last name was Leadbetter. His first name, it's, uh, it's either Huddy or Hoodie, H-U-D-D-I-E, Leadbetter. And uh, he had a song telling fellow black people traveling through Alabama to stay woke. Stay woke. That's the first documented use of the phrase in the 1930s, because at the time there was, I think uh, the story was that there were, I think like nine black teenagers who were sentenced to die for the rape of a white female. And it turned out they were not, uh, they were not guilty. They were innocent of that crime. And uh, they eventually got out of prison, I believe. But that's what he was telling them, telling other people, if you're traveling through, Stay woke. In other words, stay awake. Be awake. That's where this came from. And what it means is when people are, uh, they become awakened to the systemic prejudice, the racism that is pervasive in all institutions in our society. It's everywhere. Stay awake. And once you once you are awake, you're woke. And so this term has been used for many years predominantly among African-Americans. Okay. White liberals have picked it up, and then it makes its way into the mainstream. And so they start using the term. The right realizes what it means, and the right then adopts it, but adopts it as a term of derision, which has now angered people on the left because, like all things on the left, uh, when you start using their words for the, uh, for the things that they are saying— uh, it's usually not in a good way, and it's like socialism, it's like liberalism and progressivism. They're constantly swapping out the titles because people realize what it is that they're advocating and like, oh my gosh, that's horrific, and so they don't want to be associated with it anymore. And uh, so then they're like, oh, we got to change the word. It's about the messaging. So Touré said the right has no real beef with wokeness beyond a fear that it could make people change how they behave and possibly overturn white male supremacy. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. Uh, using the word is their new culture war tactic to stoke white fear, he says. Um, he had like 60 tweets, apparently, on this topic. Wilford Riley, writing at National Review, um, notes that he went on to argue that woke is a vague term, meaning only marginalized people saying we demand respect. Anti-woke is white people saying no. This is not the case, of course. In response to all of this, even some mainstream right-wingers and centrists began edging away from the contested word. Uh, with my good buddy Angel Eduardo rerunning a famous column that he wrote for Quillette magazine titled Don't Use the W Word, arguing that it has lost all utility. All of this, Wilfred Riley says, is frankly pretty silly. A lot of political terms, like fascism, for example, 
are as slippery as greased lobbyists. And this one is hardly the toughest to figure out. So what is woke? What does it mean? Well, luckily enough, Wilfred Riley wrote a definition about it some time ago. It's actually been turned into a meme. You've probably seen it. A woke person, or social justice warrior, is somebody who believes that, one, the institutions of American society are currently and intentionally set up to oppress, and then fill in the blank whatever oppressed group you want, like minorities, women, poor, fat people, whatever. Okay? It's that... The institutions are intentionally set up and are currently designed to oppress. Okay. Number two, virtually all gaps in performance between large groups prove that this oppression exists. Right? This is disparate impact. This is, oh, why, well, why aren't women performing as well on the firefighter test, uh, the physical test uh, component at the firefighter academy? Oh, well, it must be, you know, sexism. And the solution... This is part three. The solution to this is equity, which means proportional representation regardless of performance or qualifications. That's what woke is. That's it. Right? America is systemically intentionally racist. Any performance gap between large groups of people prove that to be the case. And the solution is equity, which is proportional representation regardless of performance. Quotas. That's it. That's at a, that's at a macro level, at a 20,000-foot level. That's what it is. Now, there's all sorts of, dare I call it, intersectionality. Oh, yes, I do, dare. There's all sorts of intersectionality, which is why people on the right use woke so freely to describe so many different people because there are so many different uh, uh, offshoots of this insane philosophy that it, the term woke applies to all of it. All right, are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old-school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim? He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time, American-made, because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear... Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. All right, we are going over the definition of the word woke because apparently a lot of people think that everybody else doesn't know what it means. My good friend Ray Cooper uh, on the Twitter machine in a Pete tweet says, Pete, woke means recreationally offended. That's the a good one <laughs> right well that is part of it that is part of it because that's that falls under the heading that the institutions of america are intentionally set up to oppress right and so when people get offended it's because they're claiming to be oppressed in some fashion by some other privileged group that is doing the oppression institutionally systemically right by the way this goes back to the uh it goes this ties to the critical race theory stuff right where if you are not actively anti-racist according to ibram x kendi if you are not actively anti-racist then that means you're essentially racist 
And if you are not engaged in the anti-racism efforts, then you are supporting those those uh, institutions in their systemic racism. Right. You will be made to care. I've been saying this for 15 years. You will be made to care. You may not want to care. You're like, I'm busy living my life. This doesn't impact me. I'm not this way. I'm not that person. Then whatever. It doesn't matter. You will be dragged to the fight. So most other popular coherent definitions of the term woke are similar to what Wilford Riley offered up. James Lindsay, for example, he says a woke person is somebody afflicted or infected with modern critical consciousness. This is a key term, critical consciousness. Critical consciousness is the ability to recognize and analyze systems of inequality and the commitment to take action against these systems. And that's coming from a research paper from a critical consciousness uh, advocate position this is not some right winger that is defining critical consciousness for us here that is from the left the ability to recognize and analyze systems of inequality and the commitment to take action against these systems this is what peter bogosian who worked with james Lindsay, along with helen pluckrose the three of them you may recall years ago back before anybody was paying much attention to this stuff and i remember doing this story when it broke the three of them created fake research papers and got them submitted to peer review journals. Remember? And they made up research. They made up the most ridiculous types of research just to see if you, if you uh, swap out the right words or you use the right words from a social justice warrior vocabulary, or dare I call it a woke vocabulary, If you just use the right words, you can get anything published. And they did. And it was scandalous. So that's who James Lindsay is and Peter Bogosian. And here is what Peter Bogosian described as the definition of woke. The word woke means simply to become aware of. Originally, woke meant becoming aware of racism. That is, waking up to the reality, horror, and pervasiveness of how people with dark skin are treated. The word woke was used by woke people to express the fact that they were, to borrow a phrase, born again in their understanding of injustice. That is, they woke up to injustice. Right. The meaning of woke soon expanded beyond race and included waking up to oppression and other forms of bigotry and discrimination, like discrimination against women or immigrants. Recently, the meaning of woke expanded yet again to mean people who hold particular beliefs. To borrow from Dr. Andrew Doyle, author of Woke, a guide to social justice, woke people have four core beliefs. One, censorship is necessary. Two, some groups of people have more power than others, and only those trained can tell which groups have power and which don't. Three, that's key. What groups you belong to is more important than who you are as an individual. And finally, four, lived experience, that is, certain individuals' personal knowledge of the world is more important than empirical evidence. That is key as well. Only people who are trained can tell you who the oppressors are and who the oppressed are. Right? This is why the responses I've seen, like I actually was driving past, there's a, there's a trailer park on uh, 
uh, on the way to my house, right near my house. And so I go past it every day and I drove past it and there's some boat out front and it's, uh, I don't know, it's like a catamaran, I think is what it is. And it's like parked up on some blocks, you know, and it's out in front of this trailer and it's kind of run down and the whole area is kind of run down. And as I'm driving past it, I noticed for the first time yesterday, I'm not kidding, the name of the boat is called White Privilege. Right, which this is why P and look when all of this stuff first started percolating and it started really kind of like coming out I was working up in the mountains of western North Carolina and there are people up there who are generationally dirt poor okay they have no money they're living on land that four generations ago got onto and they're living in the same shacks and the same trailers and stuff. There is real grinding poverty in Western North Carolina. And they are predominantly white people. And so when they were hearing this stuff about white privilege, it really ticked them off. (laughs) It really ticked them off. You're talking about people who grew up with dirt floors, you know, and they're saying, oh, I had privilege. How, how, How is that? So that's the key, though, is that you have the trained people that will tell you, oh, no, you're the oppressed. You're the oppressor. And this is why there's this disconnect and this anger. So James Lindsay, um, he described a woke person as someone afflicted with modern critical consciousness, which is itself the belief that society is set up to oppress you. And the only way out of the matrix is critical theory. Critical theory. Right. The long march through the institutions, critical theory, which that's neo-Marxism. You've heard me talk about this for years, too. Neo-Marxism, which is Antonio Gramsci. It comes out of, yes, Marxism, but, it, but Gramsci said it's cultural, not economic. This is, the, this is the through line. Critical theory. These summaries are not witty trolls from the center right. These reflect statements from woke leftists themselves when you read their words they tell you these things and when i say them back to you you don't get to tell me i don't know what i'm talking about because i'm quoting you (laughs) okay i learned it by listening to you okay all right so wilford riley at national review how to define woke and he does so definition is institutions that you, somebody who believes in uh, the institutions of American society are intentionally set up to oppress people. And as you heard Peter Bogosian say, it initially was uh, African-Americans. that was then expanded out to include uh, all minorities, uh, women, uh, LGBT, right? And now it's, now it's essentially any gap in performance between any group. If you could cite any of these groups, uh, difference in performance, the outcomes, that proves the oppression exists. And so, therefore, you have to apply, quote, equity. Everything has to be through this lens of equity, which means the abandonment of meritocracy and the adoption of proportional representation regardless of performance or qualifications. Right? This is sort of uh, like a quota kind of a system. James Lindsay also talks about it. 
critical consciousness, somebody who has this critical consciousness, which, as the left describes it, is the ability to recognize and analyze systems of inequality and the commitment to take action against these systems. It's a two-part thing. As I mentioned earlier, Ibram X. Kendi says it's not enough to be anti-racist. You have to be fighting racism. If you do not take a proactive or active posture against the racism, then you are part of the racism. Activism is part of being anti-racist, okay? The claim that racism is every day, everywhere, and apparently neutral systems like standardized testing are actually structured primarily to benefit dominant groups, that actually comes from Richard Delgado, one of the founders of critical race theory. The claim that virtually all group performance gaps indicate racist policy or subtle bias, right? This is the cornerstone argument of Kendi, probably the most famous crit, as they call them, the the legal people in Harvard. They were called the crits, the critical race theorists. Right? Kendi is the most famous crit alive. Kendi has stated on several occasions that. The only two possible explanations for an income or tested IQ gap between major populations are actual inferiority on the part of one group or some form of bias, no matter how well hidden and impossible to wrinkle out. These authors and a lot of others almost universally propose equity as the solution to the gaps. Woke ideology crumbles under scrutiny which is why its adherents prefer that it not even be defined. And that's why we're having the argument about, you don't know what it even is, because it's the same thing they said about critical race theory. You say that term, but what is it? How many arguments did you, like two years into the CRT debates, right? Two years into the debates, and I'm getting people coming at me all of a sudden, like with the same sort of question. Could you define what CRT even is? Because apparently the talking point went out that you need to challenge them. They don't even know what it means. And then, of course, like they challenge me and oh, I'm, I actually do know what it means. Uh, that's your bad. Yeah, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Because you were taking your marching orders from somebody else online who assumes that nobody knows what the term means. This is why I go over this stuff as I do. That's why I spent 45 minutes here, 50 minutes going over what woke actually means, right? Because maybe you didn't know what woke means. You should know what it means now. This canard that labels like woke secretly refer to, you know, people of color. There's a dog whistle. It's empirically wrong, right? This is not true because by far... The wokest group of wokesters that ever did woke, college-educated, upper-middle-class white women. They are the wokiest of the wokes. So it's not a dog whistle for some racial term. If anything, it's about awfuls. Affluent white female liberals. (laughs) If anything, it's about that. (laughs) 